to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host and founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. Now, if you haven't got this already, and I'm going to harp on about it until all of you that are listening come and download this freebie, you want my property investment expansion success formula. Yes, you do. And the only way that you're going to be able to get that is if you go to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash flowchart, send me your email address and your name, and I will send that right back through to you. So again, ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash flowchart. I'm going to send you my property investment expansion success formula. It is a flow chart. So basically what you do, print it out, hang it on your wall, go through it every single time you're lost or you don't know what to do next on your property investment journey. And that is going to give you all of the things that you need to keep growing, to keep expanding and making sure that you're building your assets in a way that's right for you. So what are you waiting for? I'm going to put the link below in the show notes, go and download it. So how are you doing this week? Oh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on my own recording a podcast. I've had a couple of great guests. If you haven't listened back to the last two weeks, you're going to want to go and do that. I had uh, Greg Hunt come on and talk about why commercial property. And that was so interesting. In fact, that's one of my highest rated podcasts of all time. So if you have not listened, go back. That was two weeks ago. And then last week, I had David Hunt come on, who is a colleague of mine at the University College of Estate Management. And he was speaking to me about valuations and also his own very unusual property investment strategy. So again, if you haven't listened to it, why not? Just once you're finished listening to this podcast, just let the podcast roll and they will come up. They'll be in order. Listen to them. Honestly, I think you'll really, really enjoy it. This week, I want to talk to you about a deal that if you've been listening to my podcast for a little bit of time, you've probably been following. And if you've got me on Instagram, you'll probably be seeing this on your stories or my stories. If you haven't got me on Instagram, it's at Natasha C. Collins. So do you remember that I have been trying to buy an off-market property in Bath? Maybe, maybe not. Well, Back in October, when I was in one of my flats in Bath, I heard a knock on the door and an owner of a neighbouring flat got in contact with me and said, hey, Natasha, heard you're here. Do you want to buy my flat? I'm putting it on the market. And I was like, yes, actually, I do want to buy this flat because it would really help from a management point of view. It's good to keep acquiring in the same building because ultimately I have a long term strategy for that uh, building. And quite frankly, I like the layout. It's exactly the same layout as a flat that I've already got. And it is one floor higher. So because it was off market, I negotiated a deal. It started at £255,000 and negotiated to £270,000. Now, I actually can't find any two bed flats in the centre of Bath for less than £335,000 on the market. So £270,000 to meet was a steal. There was one catch. I didn't have any money for this property. So I had to go out and find the deposit money. Now, let me talk to you about how this has actually gone down. 
because a couple of weeks ago, so even further back, I had a couple of mortgage brokers uh, in come on to my podcast and talk about different methods of finance. If you remember, I had Alice who came on and talked about commercial finance. And then I had Josh, who's already my mortgage broker, come on and talk about residential finance. At the time, they had said to me that there were products on the market where I could get the gifted equity deposit so I could use that or it's day one financing and how that works is that the lender that you use values the property at the higher value so I was going for around a valuation of about £300,000 so what that would mean is that the bank would say okay well the current owner has gifted you the deposits that extra £30,000 the difference between what you are what you've agreed to purchase it for and where the market is and they'll use that as part of the deposit. That was going to be awesome for me because that would have meant that I only had to find £43,000. And you're probably thinking, Natasha, you only had to find £43,000. Well, I had a really great remortgage go through which gave me fifty just over £15,000. Actually, it was more like £17,000. Um, then I also um, have premium bonds, which I share with Chris. And Chris was like, okay, Natasha, if you really think this is worth investing in, you can use the premium bonds. So that's almost £43,000. I mean, I was six grand short, but you find £37,000, you can find the extra £6,000. It's not as a big of a worry. So I first tried to go and find that kind of finance and it just wasn't going anywhere because banks were saying, well, Natasha, you don't know the owner well enough for them to gift you £30,000. Why the hell would they give you £30,000? So that was where we started and we didn't get very far with that. So my second option was then to go for an 85% loan to value. And again, just as a bit of a side note, I don't ever recommend that you go that high. My plan was to pay down on that really quickly and get it to 75% loan to value within the space of 12 months. So I was just going to overpay, overpay, overpay on that mortgage because I didn't have the money right now, but I've got some deals that I will be exiting out of within the next six months, which could fund it down to the 75% loan to value. Again, banks were a bit like, eh, this is super risky on this property. Uh, uh, even though I can prove that I can get a rental income of £1,150 per calendar month, they were saying, well, at 85% loan to value, you're going to have a really high interest rate. And quite frankly, it puts you in quite a dodgy position. And I get that. But I still wasn't done because this seemed like too good a deal for me to pass up. So then... I had to go back to the drawing board and I started thinking, okay, Natasha, how are you going to find the money? And Josh, my mortgage broker came back to me and said, Natasha, look, I think you are going to have to find at least 80% loan to value. I was thinking, okay, well, that's only an extra 5% to find. So at this point, I was asking around with people to people that I know who were saying who I was saying, hey, look, I've got this really good deal. There is equity in the property. And once I remortgage out of this product, I can give you the money back. So whether that's in two years time or five years time, um, and I can pay you an interest on a monthly basis. So that was gonna work out pretty well. And I managed to find another forty thousand pounds 
doing that. Um, actually, just below £40,000. Um, and I was going to pay roughly a couple of hundred pounds interest on that every single month. And I wasn't going to be doing that for very long. Uh, it was just going to be for the initial fixed term period until I could remortgage back out. So that was that ticked off 80% loan to value. Okay, let's give it a go. Again, the banks came back and vetoed it. It's, it got a bit frustrating by this point because we kept going to banks, kept asking, please, will you lend on this? Please, will you lend on this? And still, I could not stop that niggling in the back of my mind that actually this was too good a deal to pass up. When I first bought a flat in the building, I thought to myself and I made the commitment to myself that if any of the other flats ever came up, I would do whatever it took to buy them at a really good price. I'm not going to pay over the market for it, but I am going to buy it at a really good price. So I still wanted to continue doing with this, do it going forward with this, even though I kept getting battered back and back and back. And usually banks are pretty good at lending. And I was thinking, oh my days, I am having issues here finding lending. So I had the money roughly in my bank and I was still trying to figure out like where I was going to get the additional bit from. And then Josh came back to me again. My broker was like, nah, the banks aren't going to do it at 80% loan to value let's go for a 75%. Is there any way that you could go and find the final 11,600 you're going to need in order to get you to that 75% loan to value and still be able to pay that 11,600 pounds stamp duty land tax? And it's always been the stamp duty land tax. I've been a bit like, oh, that is one final hurdle that I have to find. And to find that money, I, I, I slept on it one night. I thought to myself, okay, if you really want to make this deal work, you are going to need to go and find an extra £11,600. And so I was racking my brains, racking my brains, racking my brains, racking my brains, thinking, I can't, I can't say no to this deal. I can't email the seller and say I can't go through with it. I can't email my solicitor and um, say that I'm not doing this. I can't go on my podcast and say that I've oh, it's only, I've, I couldn't find the final £11,600. I just gave up. I didn't want to do that. I was like, Natasha, you're the expert here. You can find this money. And so I went back through all of my assets and my properties and looking at, was there potential for any equity release anywhere? And one of my properties in London has a mortgage up for renewal at the end of January. And I was like, yes, okay, well, this is good. How much do I think this is worth? So I phoned the managing agents and I said, what comparables do you have on this flat? And the managing agent said to me, well, it should be worth around 340,000 pounds. And I have it currently on a 75% loan to value at 320,000 pounds. I was like, yes, I can take 15,000 pounds extra out of this flat. And I hadn't wanted to, but I thought, do you know what? Interest rates are still low. If I can fix in long term on a good price product and still be at that 75% loan to value, do you know what? I'll be all right until the end of the fixed term and then I'm going to pay down on this. So I got back in contact with Josh, my broker, and I said, right, I can find that £11,600 out of this property, but I'm going to need you to do a new remortgage for me. 
and I could just hear him it the the cogs turning in his brain thinking wow what kind of a scheme has she come up with now and I said please go and find a lender who would lend on this and so over the course of a couple of days, he went back out, found a lender who would agree to do the valuation early and start putting in place everything that we needed to do the remortgage. Now, just remember, I did not have the money in my hands. This was going to be something that went through at, on the 1st of February. This is going to go through on the 1st of February 2020. So he said to me, OK, Natasha, um, Santander will lend to you on that property and he'd found then an accord mortgage for this one that I was going to buy in Bath. And so we were teeing this up and going, okay, well, fingers crossed this works. And so I had the valuation first on the one in London. I was holding my breath because I was like, well, London property prices are falling. <sighs> really? Are they going to go out there and give me the higher price valuation. I'm not sure it works with the stress test, but can I, can I get this? Yes, no, I don't know. I wasn't really sure, but I thought I'll just stay positive and just listen to the results. So my managing agent took the valuer from Santander around the flat in London and they agreed on the £340,000 valuation. So I was going to then be able to take the £15,000 out extra get this at a cheaper interest rate than I've been on for the last two years. So I was on a 2.87 with Birmingham Midshires, which I fixed in a couple of years back. And Santander will now take this over at 2.49% fixed for five years, which means that even though I'm borrowing more, I'm taking cash out, I'm going to be paying less on a monthly basis than I have been for the last two years. So for me, that was a massive result. I was like, yes, okay, I found it. And Josh then said to me, well, Natasha, it's not going to be in your bank account to the 1st of February. So what are you doing in the interim? So I went to a couple of uh, people that I know who do developments. And I said, look, can I borrow 11,600 until the 1st of February? And one of my business partners who I've worked with before said to me, do you know what, Natasha? It's two months. I'll put the money into your bank account. Don't worry about it. Just pay me back on the 1st of February. And I was like, wow, so nice. Thank you so much. He said, well, we've worked together so much. You know, I'm not going to be making a lot out of it. It's no, it's no harm for me just transferring you the money, just transfer it straight back. It's over Christmas. They're not doing anything with the money. It's fine. So whew, I got that ticked off. Then I had to turn my attention back to this flat in Bath and Accord came back and said they wouldn't lend on it because it was a top floor flat and it didn't fit in within their risk profile. I was kind of thinking, well, uh, oh, I'm trying this 75% loan to value and someone still won't lend to me? What? Why is this not happening? I've been jumping through so many hoops, so many hoops, so many hoops. What on earth? So Josh came back to me and said, Natasha, I've got a couple more options. Or do you want me to go to Santander and see if they'll do both the mortgages? And I was like, yeah, you go to Santander and do both the mortgages. So he came back to me and said, well, Santander have now said that if, if they take on this mortgage too, they'll do it at two point." one one percent fixed for five years and I was thinking really all right 
yeah, if you want to give me a cheaper rate based upon the fact that you're now doing two of my mortgages, yes, I will take that. Amazing. So I, I was then thinking, yes, everything is coming together. I'm so excited about this again. And I've been on this massive roller coaster. I'm on the phone to my solicitors saying, hey, Nishita, guess what? We got lending from Santander. They're excited to do it. She was all for it. We were going forward, moving forward. I'd taken myself out for lunch on Thursday to celebrate privately with myself to be like, yes, Natasha, you've got it all together. It's taken a while to get all the money together, to find the lending, to do all of this, get it all worked out. But finally, you've got a deal going through. And then I see a missed call from Josh. I phone him back and I say, Josh, don't give me any bad news. He said, I've got to give you bad news, Natasha. Santander have said, they're not going to value the one in Bath anything over £260,000 because they're worried about the market. Ah, I sat there and thought to myself, oh, just when I thought I'd got it all sorted, here we are. I'm, I don't, can't find the extra £10,000 when a bank's valuer won't value it above £260,000. I was scratching my head a little bit thinking... Uh, what's gone wrong here? You know, and Josh said to me, look, they're just, they're just being risk averse. It doesn't necessarily mean that they think the value is at £260,000. But what they're saying is that they can definitely guarantee that if you were to any reason default, they'd get £260,000 minimum for it. So I got downvalued. <laughs> I got downvalued. I couldn't believe it. But I get where they're coming from as well. It is risky in the UK at the moment buying property, especially in the more expensive areas. And Bath is all has always been quite an expensive area in which to buy property. And so that's kind of ah, thinking to myself, right, okay, um, what do I do? What do I do in this situation? Because I don't really want to go out and find another £10,000 if maybe the market's not there right at the moment. But again, that thought in the back of my mind, always niggling, always niggling, always niggling. Natasha, this is a good property to be buying because there is value there. And I kept thinking about the fact that even at the £270,000, the monthly mortgage was going to be £356, service charges 46.67 a month which really left me with a profit of just over 700 pounds per calendar month and then i i was thinking okay right how am i going to get make this work how do i figure this out and then it struck me the only thing that i could do was go back to the seller and say i'm really sorry the bank won't value it at 270. I'm not going to pay 270 for it. I can pay you 260 for it because that's how much they'll lend. That's it. Otherwise, I will walk. Now, that's a hard thing to put in an email, especially when you really want the property and you've worked so hard on it. It's a real hard thing. And I said to Josh, my mortgage broker, do you know, please send me an email saying that the bank won't value it above £260,000. That is it. They will lend on it. We can get the deal done if they agree to reduce the purchase price by £10,000. 
So Josh sent me an email and I forwarded it onto the seller and I said, here it is, full transparent disclosure, please see the email below. I can only afford to pay £260,000 for this property. Sent the email and literally ran away and hid. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I've literally put everything on the line here. And now I'm saying, if you don't accept 10 grand less than I originally agreed with you, I'm, I'm out. 24 hours later, the seller came back to me and said, Natasha, what can you do to make up the 10 grand difference? And again, I thought to myself, yeah, that's a fair question. That is a real fair question. But I can't do anything. I actually am not willing to go out and find that extra £10,000. I'm going to stick with what the valuer says at £260,000. So I wrote back an email and said... I am sticking with the £260,000. A professional valuer has been out and valued it at this amount. If you want to go ahead, we now have the finance lined up for this. We can complete before Christmas. If not, I completely understand. And I pushed send on the email and I went out with one of my friends for a drink. <laughs> I was like, I, I hate doing this because I'd agreed a price, but you can always you can always change change the price afterwards. It's not the end of the world, but because I'm so close to it and there's no agent in between, this is just buyer and seller dealing with each other. You've got to just suck it up and send out the email. So Sunday rolled around, nothing. My in inbox was like tumbleweed, and I was nervous, nervous. I was thinking come on, surely you guys could just respond to me on a Sunday because there's no agents involved. And Chris, my husband said to me, Natasha, everybody's allowed a Sunday off. Everybody's allowed a Sunday off. And I said, like, I know, but I just want to know about this so that Monday morning we can move forward. Um, and so I sat patiently and waited, but not so patiently because I was feeling pretty anxious about it. And then on Sunday night, I wrote in my journal, do you know what? I surrender on all of this. Whatever happens or comes back in the email happens and I go with it. That's the final decision, but I would absolutely love to buy this property at £260,000. I shut my journal, put it away and went to bed and just thought, whatever happens, happens. The next morning I woke up and I did the thing where I just didn't look at my emails. I had everything shut and I was like, I'm going to the gym. I'm walking the dog. I'm not thinking about this at all. Got back in from walking the dog. And finally, I had to look at my emails because I need to check what's been going on. And the email was there from the seller. And my heart sunk. I was like, oh, what is this going to be? What's going to happen? And I opened the email and they said, Natasha, after much deliberation, will go ahead at £260,000. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. My heart had been in my mouth all weekend. I was so nervous about sending it. And you're probably listening to this and think, Natasha, always so calm and collected. But when I want something so badly that I've worked so freaking hard on, I'm nervous because I'm like, I don't want this all to go to waste. You know, I've done all of this. I've amalgamated all of that money. I'd found almost 80 grand in the space of four weeks. 
it had to go through, but I couldn't pay above the odds. That would be stupid. That would be paying, like advising myself to do something above and beyond, which I I wouldn't ever do. I wouldn't ever advise my clients to do it. And I have to talk to me like I'd be talking to a client. So that is where we are. As of recording this podcast, we're at £260,000. The, the everything is going through with the legals. We've seen the management packs. I'm fine with the management packs. I already own a property in there. So I know what, what's going on with that. We are literally just waiting for Santander to move and be okay with everything. I mean, today they asked me for my credit report, which they've had. Everything is fine. I've always had an uh, excellent credit report. I'm quite proud with that, but look after my money and I pay things on time and make sure that everything is... Um, fine. So from that point of view, there shouldn't be anything else to go wrong. I'm going to just touch wood and say that this deal has been a tale of two halves, maybe is the right way of saying it. In one respect, it was always meant to be because I'd always promised myself that I would buy it no matter what, providing it was at the right price. But I have had to jump through so many hoops to get here and we've not even exchanged. We're still around the finance, just waiting for all of that confirmation to come through from Santander. That's where we are today. And that's been hard. It's been mentally hard to keep going and be like, look, if you want this, you're going to have to jump through the next hoop to get to where you want to be and the next hoop. Now, you may remember from a couple of podcasts ago where I said I went out and I talked to everybody about this deal because I believed in it so much. That's how I found the money. I can't give you any more information than that because seriously, I just talked to friends. I talked to family. I talked to acquaintances. I talked to people in the industry. Just anybody I talked to about this deal. And then I managed to raise bits and pieces of the money by saying, I will pay you at the interest rate that I'm earning on the property. So that worked out quite nicely. So they'll get a little bit of interest up until the point that I remortgage and I'll repay everybody. Um, and that works. That does work really, really well. So there's no secret formula to that. That is go and ask and be passionate and tell people why you want to do a deal and how awesome it is. And the fact that I was so passionate about it and I know what I want to do and I've got a 10-year plan for this building. I've got a 15-year plan for this building. Long term, it's going to go to my kids because it's in a place that I love and they're never going to be able to get a property this size for this price again. I guarantee it. So actually, the fact that the bank has downvalued it has been so far in my favour. But all I can tell you about how this deal has worked is because I've never been told no. Every time we didn't get lending, I was just like, fine, next. Every time a bank's gone, nah, this isn't within our risk profile. Fine, next. Every time someone says, sorry, Natasha, I, wouldn't, I don't have the money to lend on that. Fine, no harm done. Next. And that is all you've got to do. If you are determined to buy something and the offer is there, that's how it works. I cannot give it to you any more simply than that. I mean, have a good deal analysis and a business plan to present to someone, but you've just got to not take no for an answer. So there we have it. That's where I am with that property. And I think it's going to continue. And I really hope that we complete by Christmas. In fact, I've kind of 
said that we will complete by Christmas. So I'll keep you updated with that. But it's been an interesting road. It's been up and down. There's been nervous things that I've had to do, nerve wracking things that I've had to do, but I've held my confidence throughout and been so determined that this is the property that I meant to buy. And hey, it could still all fall over, touch wood it doesn't, but I'll deal with that at the time. Each little stepping stone, each little hurdle you do on a step-by-step basis. I mean, you can't, Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm not buying a property in a day. I'm jumping through every little hope as it comes up rather than thinking about the big thing. Come the new year, I'll get it lap. So I hope that's inspired you. It really should to keep going no matter what people throw at you. If you know that something is right for you, if you know wholeheartedly that you should be going for that deal and you should be doing something or maybe you've got a life situation which has thrown something at you or maybe you're just feeling super excited about um, a project that you've got going on. No matter what it is, make sure you keep moving forward with it. I hope this has given you some perspective that even me, I have to be pretty damn determined wherever I'm moving forward with a deal. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I hope you've really enjoyed it. And if you have, make sure that you let me know in the comments, in the review section, give me a five-star review. Or you can email me, natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. I love hearing from you. Thank you for joining me this week. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.